What is it that makes us so interested in what we don't understand? We're setting out to investigate everything strange, unusual, and scary in our world. They're going to be able to scan your brain and upload it to a computer. Some people think of it as like the greatest victory that we could ever have because right. it makes you immortal in a sense. I think it's terrifying. It Me is too. terrifying. We invite guests who bring their own personal perspectives. I mean, especially considering the fact that the overwhelming majority of UFO sightings and documentation occurs within miles of nuclear testing facilities. Yeah. They bring their own encounters with the paranormal. All of a sudden, I feel this whoosh of wind and this ringing in my ears so loud that makes me stand up straight. And we both had this moment of, you know, maybe we should get out of here. It was a hot summer day and a hot night, but when I went into this one room, it was freezing. And I, to this day, it felt like somebody was going to push me down the stairs. A few months into living at the new house, I was woken up to the lamps being on and the snow globe music box going off. Hello. And most of all, we just have a ton of fun. Jacques would never eat. Not a single bite. Just sip from his glass of wine. He was a vampire. He was a vampire. 100% a vampire. Holy buckets. My name is Ashley, and this is my co-host Lauren. Hello, weirdos. And you are listening to Keep It Weird. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. I will never get sick of interviewing people about their paranormal experiences. I learn something new from every single person. And every now and then, I am graced with someone whose story offers new perspectives about the way the spirit world can interact with us and about reality itself. In this week's episode, you will meet Ashley Cassidy and hear her epic saga with an otherworldly gentleman she called Ben. Well, my name is Ashley Cassidy. I am 32 years old. I live in Los Angeles, California. I moved here 11 years ago from Southern Illinois. I actually have always had paranormal experiences since I was a little, little child. But when I moved to LA, I I met a good friend of mine. Her name is Lauren Ogle. And we started a podcast about five years ago called Keep It Weird. And when we started that show, it was focused more on the paranormal. So we would do paranormal investigations. And we've been on several here in Los Angeles. And each one is so different from the next. It's really been kind of an amazing experience because before I started the podcast, I knew that I had had experiences, but I kind of wrote all of them off. I was very much so a skeptic. So it wasn't until we started bringing in the tools like the EMF reader and like actually having concrete 
evidence. We have EVPs now. We have videos that I now am like, okay, for sure, I know that I was experiencing something real. It wasn't just my mind playing tricks on me. I know now something is there. What it is, I don't know. Something is there. The first time Ashley experienced something unexplainable was when she was a child, maybe six to eight years old. Her family would take road trips from Illinois to Florida. They would leave early in the morning at 3 a.m., and Ashley and her sister would sleep in the back seat. I was laying in the back seat, and you know how, like, comforting and wonderful it is to, like, sleep in a moving vehicle, especially at night. So I was very calm. I remember being excited about wherever we were going. I was laying there, and I opened my eyes, and I saw my Aunt Donna's face in front of me. My Aunt Donna died when I was three years old. She had cancer, and she looked the way she did when she died, so she was very, very thin. She didn't have hair, and she was smiling at me, and she was talking, but I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear her voice. I just saw her mouth moving. It was like she was like saying something to me. It was like she was having a conversation. She was really happy to see me or like happy that I could see her. I don't know. And then she just faded away. And I thought, what was that? Like, how did that happen? And then I think I just fell asleep. But the cool thing is, is because I have this podcast now, Years and years and years later, you know, 20-something years later, I tell that story on an early episode of the podcast um, as my first experience, and I had never really shared that with anyone. And my sister calls me, and she was like, I saw her too. Like, on that same trip, I saw her in the car. And I I never told anyone, and I, I, like, we have no idea why she appeared to us at that moment, we, we didn't get in a car accident or anything. Like, it wasn't anything, like, spectacular. It might have just been that we were both so, like, chill. So that was really cool. The house that Ashley grew up in was also inhabited by a mysterious little girl. Her presence was even confirmed during a sleepover Ashley was hosting one night. There was a girl who um, came over for a sleepover. She was a very popular girl. I was very excited that she was staying at my house. Um, And she woke us up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and she was, like, hysterical and crying. And she said she was going home because she she said the girl wouldn't stop crying. And then everyone knew my house was haunted, and it was kind of embarrassing. Uh, But she was the only girl at the sleepover that seemed to, I didn't even hear her that night. It wasn't like I was laying there listening to the little girl crying like, ooh, hope no one hears that. I didn't hear it. I really didn't know what was going on until she said, you know, she heard a little girl crying and she wanted to go home. And I was like, fudge. I know that the popular girl who never came back to my house, (laughs) she had lost her father, I think that year. And I don't know if she'd had any experiences before she lost her father, but I know after she lost her father, she had an experience with him. And I know that trauma can bring out a sensitivity in people that they didn't maybe have before. What was even more peculiar about this girl in Ashley's house was that she was only seen in certain areas. It was three stories. It was a basement, a middle story, and a top floor. Now, the interesting thing about the little girl is that she was only ever witnessed or experienced on one side of the house. 
not one floor. It was one side of it. So, for example, if you were in the basement, she was witnessed on the the left-hand side in the, like, childhood playroom. And if you were in the middle floor, it was the laundry room. And if you were on the top floor, it was my bedroom. So it was always, like, on the left side of the house. So the only thing I could think of is, you know, there's so many different theories to the paranormal. There's the time slip theory, which is simply that time is not a straight line. Everything that has happened or will happen is happening right now. So... You're just experiencing the person that lived there before you did or a person that lived there in the future. She could be a future child. Like, we don't know who she is. So she could be whoever moves in after my parents. When we talk about ghosts, we typically think of them as being from the past, an imprint left behind. But I've never really thought about ghosts being from the future. Maybe that would explain why places like Ashley's home that never had any previous occupants could be haunted. Part of me thinks it's just a time slip thing and she's just living her life in the house and sometimes we can hear her because we've heard her playing, we've heard things moving, we've heard her laughing, we've heard her crying. So like we've heard her just sort of like living her life. So to me, it's like she doesn't even know we're here. But then there was a time I saw her where it was like she was playing hide and seek with me. So it's like, I don't know. She's a mystery. She's a total mystery. Maybe the next time I go home, I'll bring some like actual investigating equipment because I never had any when I lived in Illinois. I've gotten all of it since I've come here. So maybe I'll take it all home and just, oh, that sounds creepy. When I go home, I don't really experience anything anymore. And if it is a time slip, maybe she moved out too. Like maybe she's in college now. I don't know. She just doesn't seem to be there anymore. Ashley is clearly a magnet for the paranormal. But when she moved to Los Angeles, California, someone like no other was instantly attracted to her. So I did pick out a story that I wanted to share with you because it has so many witnesses which I think is a very cool thing when it comes to paranormal activity. So like our brains are literally designed to kind of play tricks on us. So we are literally evolved to see faces in things because like our greatest danger is other people. So this happened, this all started 11 years ago. This is when I first moved to Los Angeles. I moved here with a, a boyfriend at the time, no longer dating, and a friend of mine from college. So two men. And we moved in right across the street from Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Literally could stand on my balcony, look into the cemetery. It was the best. But this started immediately. Um, it was our second full day living there. I was in the bathroom. I was doing my hair. And I thought the boys were out in the living room. My boyfriend at the time came up behind me and asked me a question. The question was so mundane. I think it was like, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing my hair. And then he asked a follow-up question. Again, so mundane, can't even remember it. We had a conversation, quick conversation. And he walked away. And I was like, rude. <laughs> like, why come up behind me and like talk to me and then just like leave? So immediately after, basically, I walked out to be like, why would you just like walk away in the middle of a conversation? What are you guys up to? Like, are we going somewhere? And no one's there. I'm home alone. I'm alone in this apartment. And so I was like, well, that was weird. 
maybe they left. Like I was, I was confused. I did not immediately go like I was talking to a ghost. I was just like, that was so weird. So then like 20 minutes later, they came back and I was like, where were you guys? And they said they had been gone for like an hour. They had gone down to like check out the laundry facilities of the building. And then they had gone to find like where the nearest grocery store was. They were basically just like exploring. And I then remembered that they said they were leaving but like at the time I didn't so that it was day two it started with this gentleman I'll call him a gentleman maybe a month to two months after living there this thing started happening so I shared a dresser with my then boyfriend and we kind of had alternating drawers he had the top drawer I had the next one he had the next one I had the next one I wear a lot of rings And I kept a jewelry box on top of the dresser. And at the end of the night, I would take off all my rings, put them on top of the jewelry box, go to bed. And I wake up one morning and my rings are not on the jewelry box. I was a little concerned for sure, but I wasn't spooked or anything. I I have cats. They don't get up there, but I was like, they probably knocked him down. I'm looking all over. I can't find them. I ask my boyfriend. He says he didn't touch them. I asked my other roommate who's like, why would I go in your room? Very strange. My rings aren't nowhere to be found. I literally thought like, do my cats eat my rings? That would be tragic. I then later that day, I go to get dressed for the day. I go in my drawer, the second drawer down my underwear drawer, and my rings are all lined up in the underwear drawer. Like, I asked my boyfriend, I was like, why would you, did you do this? He was like, well, I didn't do that. Why would I do that? Put on my rings, went about my day, just kind of one of those things where it's like, that's a weird thing to happen. It happened like once a month living in this apartment. To the point where if I would wake up and my rings weren't on there, I would just open the drawer. I'd be like, okay, cool. They're in the freaking drawer. And I wasn't fully convinced that it wasn't my boyfriend at the time, like, playing a trick on me. I don't know why he would do that, but I really kind of was just, like, over it. Other things would happen. I would be laying in bed at night. I would get woken up feeling my boyfriend crawling back into bed. And I would feel him, like, right behind me. Not, like, necessarily spooning me, but, like, I would feel him on me. Like, I would feel him. And then I would see him come out of the bathroom. And then I would jump out of bed. I would be like, you were in bed with me. Something was in bed with me. It was touching my body. Like it was in bed with me. And he would be like, no, you were dreaming. I had gotten up to go to the bathroom. I probably woke you up. You were halfway in between sleep and a dream. So everything was kind of explained away. I wasn't freaking out. Over the next few weeks, there were some other odd things that happened. Ashley's cat somehow got locked out of the apartment overnight when there were no open windows or doors. A friend of hers went out to the balcony for a phone call and got locked outside. Ashley and her roommates weren't completely positive, but it felt as if something kept locking others out of the apartment. At this point, um, me and my boyfriend at the time were going through a breakup. It was pretty tumultuous and things start to ramp up in this apartment. And um, our roommate had moved out. Another guy had moved in. Another friend of ours actually from college moved in. One day we came home and there was glass all over our kitchen floor. Our coffee pot was just smashed on the floor and the three of us were out together. We didn't know what happened, but I immediately was like, I'm going to get another coffee pot. I'm not waking up in the morning without coffee. So we went out, came back. By the time we came back, our roommate had cleaned up all the glass. So we came back. I 
set up the new coffee pot. I just took it out of the box, set it up, plugged it in, got it ready. I turn around and I just hear like, and like shatter. And this all happens behind my back. So I don't know what happened, but I'm looking at my boyfriend who's looking towards me and he is white as a ghost because he says that I put the coffee pot in and then I turned around to like walk out of the kitchen. And he says that the coffee pot itself flew out of the coffee maker, hit the countertop on the other side of the kitchen and then smashed on the ground. The story continues after the break. Before I became a podcaster and paranormal investigator, I used to be a full-time animator and character designer, and podcasts kept me company while I drew, especially paranormal podcasts. One of my favorites was Jim Harold's Campfire. I would actually be shocked if you hadn't heard of it because it's one of the OGs. In fact, it recently celebrated its 13th anniversary. But if you haven't heard of it, it's a call-in show where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories with Jim every week. The story topics range from ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, and stories that can't be categorized. You're listening to my show right now, so I know that you love non-fictional paranormal stories. Stories involving the serial killer Ted Bundy, or a man who owned a haunted hotel. And also heartwarming stories of deceased loved ones coming back to say hello. Jim Harold's Campfire was a huge inspiration for me. So do me a personal favor and tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Stories with Sapphire. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So two coffee pots dead in a day. No idea why. We ended up getting a third and it was fine. Uh, That coffee pot didn't break. It was around this time that Ashley had found a new apartment in Van Nuys, about 12 miles away from Hollywood. She began paying rent at her new place a month before she had to move out so that she could have ample time to transport everything. And me and my friend, uh, my roommate at the time, Matt, the other guy that lived in the apartment, we were sitting and watching TV and I had all these boxes stacked up that I was going to take the next day. It was like one evening and we were watching TV. We were just talking and all of a sudden we hear like a thump and then a shh. And we look back and one of the boxes had moved across the floor and it had moved probably like three feet. So it was almost like something kicked it. And we just sort of both went like, 
okay, and like moved the box back and then just like went back to watching TV because it was like, that was very strange. So I move to Van Nuys. I move in with my friend Robin. Couple weeks to a month after I move in with her, she wakes me up at three o'clock in the morning and she says, there's a man in my room. And I almost threw up. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, there's a man. I saw him. He was in my doorway. So I got up. We searched the whole apartment. There's no one in our apartment. And she had no idea that I had gone through what I went through at the last place. I honestly, I still was telling myself that like it wasn't anything paranormal or it wasn't anything like major. It was just like little things, like weird things happen. So she didn't know about the haunting in the last apartment. And she had never experienced anything like this before. So she was like, I don't know, maybe I was dreaming. I was like, well, I mean, it's okay. Like no one's here. Go back to sleep. Couple weeks after that, I wake up. And my rings are not on my jewelry box. And my heart went into my butt because I knew where they were. And I opened my underwear drawer. Completely different dresser. It's a dresser like built into the wall of this place. And I go into specifically my underwear drawer and all my rings were lined up in my underwear drawer. And I was like, how is this possible? This defies every belief I have in like paranormal activity. So whatever this thing was, followed me from my apartment in Hollywood to my apartment in Van Nuys. We continued to have experiences with this entity that we ended up calling Ben for a year. I lived there for about a year and a half. Um, We had experiences with him the whole time. It seems like Ben was just as much of a nuisance in this new apartment. Ashley's cat would get locked in the shower. Fawzits would turn on by themselves. But Ashley had only seen Ben one time while she was doing laundry. And I was just sort of walking from my room to the front door with my laundry basket because the laundry room was down the hall. And I, just passing through the living room... I look over and he's sitting in a chair in the living room and I literally was just like, okay. And I just kept walking and it wasn't until I got outside of the apartment, fully out the door that I like dropped the laundry basket and I was like, oh my God, 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 oh my God. And I like went back in and by that time he was gone, like he wasn't there. I couldn't see him anymore, but it was just so nonchalant. I didn't really get a good look at him because I was not even paying attention to him. It was like he was a roommate or, you know, like a part of the apartment. Like it wasn't even a big deal. And this was kind of a strange experience. And this is something that I think a lot of people who have never experienced paranormal activity kind of don't realize is that our brains are sort of designed to protect us from this kind of stuff, I think. And most of the time, it's not a big event. You don't even really process it until afterwards. So what was Ben doing and what did he look like? But he was sitting in a chair um, very casually, almost as if he was watching TV, but he wasn't facing a TV. He was facing me and he had on a polo shirt, but it seemed older. 
sort of 70s cut, you know, with the really wide collars. Um, and it was sort of a beigey shirt with the white wide collar. I want to say like a, almost like a flare, not like a full bell bottom, but definitely like a boot cut pant. He had dark hair. I got the feeling that he was not Caucasian. He was not white. And Robin has had always described him as just being a dark figure. It's always at night with Robin. But she had seen him in her room as a dark figure. She had seen him like sitting in the living room, pass through the hallway or like come out of the hallway. And she'd always assume it was me. And then it wouldn't be, you know, and then like I would then come out and she would be like, oh, my God, I could have swore you just came out of there. But now you're walking out. And I was like, yeah, you freaking did that to me all the time at my old place where I'd be like, oh, there's my ex-boyfriend. Then my ex-boyfriend would come in. Okay, so I moved out. I moved to North Hollywood. Robin stayed and had another one of our friends move in to the place in Van Nuys. Um, His name's Jonathan. I feel comfortable saying their names because they actually came on the show because I then three-ish years later, four years later, start this show, Keep It Weird, with Lauren, my co-host. And we're nearing the end of our very first season. And Robin reaches out to me and is like, hey, um, remember how that guy haunted our apartment? And I was like, Ben, yeah, of course. How could I forget? That was terrifying. She's like, he's still here. If you want to come do an investigation. And I was like, do I? So we got to do our season one finale in my old apartment. It was actually their last day there. They were moving out. Everything was in boxes. She said he basically just pops up. He lays in my bed. And it was like, yep, check. Been there. He stands in my doorway. One time, I guess, her roommate Jonathan had just come home. And he attested to this. He was like, I was walking past her closed door when I heard her like, <gasps> gasp and I was like yo did I scare you and she was like um no it was Ben so here's the deal (laughs) so she had to tell the new roommate about Ben which he never had any experiences so we get to investigate this old apartment of mine this haunting in Van Nuys and as we're sort of talking about all of our experiences we realized that it was really the girls that were getting the brunt of the attention from this thing. And we start our investigation in the living room. We've got our EMF. We've got some, you know, flashlights. We're recording EVPs. And we start in the living room, literally nothing, no activity at all on any device. I don't feel anything. And eventually I was like, what if the boys left? Because Jonathan was there and his brother. And they were operating the camera. So they were like, okay, so we set up the camera so that it could be on us and they could not be in the room. And I'm not kidding. Immediately after they left, immediately, all of our devices went bananas. The EMF went crazy and was directly responding to things. And if anyone doesn't know what an EMF is, it's, it, it tests electromagnetic fields. So if you were to put it up against, say, like a, an outlet or any electronic devices, it's going to register the electromagnetic 
field that that device is putting off. Now, if you put it directly in the center of a room and you do not move it and it starts to go off, then that means the electromagnetic field is being manipulated in some way. Is it a ghost? I don't know. I have no idea because we don't understand it. But it's a tool that paranormal investigators use. And this is the most activity I've ever seen on this thing. Our flashlight that was basically the only light we had in the room that was illuminating us was getting really bright and then flickering and then going completely out and then getting bright again and flickering and going completely out. And we were asking like, why, why do you mess with girls? And basically the message that we were receiving was he liked to scare women, which made us very uncomfortable. You know, because at first I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, do you like my jewelry because you like you like women's jewelry? And he would only respond when it was like, do you like to scare women? And it was like, yes. It's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I was trying to give me the benefit of the doubt, but it seems like you're just a creep. <laughs> I wish we had more than that one night to sort of investigate. But at the same time, I'm very glad that he did not follow me to my apartment that I live in now. He also did not follow Robin. As far as I know, he's still in that apartment or I have no idea. But after that night of talking to him, I'm just glad I'm not here. It was like leaving a bad relationship. It was like, this isn't healthy. Women are no strangers to being harassed by men they don't know. But to be harassed by something you can't even see all the time in your own home, that's a whole other level of invading your privacy. And I shudder to think of how it must have felt like living with him. Considering Ashley's history with ghosts, I wondered if Ben had actually been with her before she moved into that Hollywood apartment. I actually, I questioned this myself after living in the second apartment where Ben was present. I started questioning that. I actually called my mom and was like, hey, did you ever hear me talk about an adult dude like from the 70s? And she was like, no. I was like, okay, cool. It really definitely seems like it started at that apartment in Hollywood because it started right away. It was like day two that it started and it never ended until I left that Van Nuys apartment. And I really think, well, you know what? Actually, my male roommates stayed in that Hollywood apartment for another like six or so months. And the activity started at the Van Nuys apartment like a month into living there. So he didn't have a woman around to terrorize or mess with or whatever. I don't know. And then he came to my apartment and it was like a feast because now he had two women that he could mess with and did mess with. And maybe when Robin finally moved out, maybe more women moved in. Like, I don't know. That's pretty much the end of the story. Yeah, because like I said, thank God, knock on wood, he did not follow me here. He did not follow her. Um, I obviously don't know who lives there now. So far, no Ben. So who was Ben? Where did he come from? Ashley had tried to find any type of records from the 70s, but it was a dead end. Or maybe, like the little girl, he was from the future. And then she had a realization. We recorded that episode of our show where we were talking about all these experiences that I kind of realized 
that I lived in an apartment where I could look at a cemetery. You know, someone on the episode was like, well, do you think he came from there? And I was like, huh. I'm sure there were a lot of creeps in Hollywood in the 70s. He could have been buried at Hollywood Forever Cemetery and just, like, liked what he saw when I moved in. Like, I have no idea. Wow. What a tale. I know I like to give empathy towards spirits and show that not everything paranormal is horrifying. And while that is still true, it doesn't mean that every spirit is pleasant. What makes me the most unsettled is thinking about how Ashley didn't ask for any of this. Ben just decided to make her his target. He thought it would be fun. It also makes me furious because this is no different from what women face with men who are living. Except this time, the threat isn't visible to everyone, leaving even more room to be gaslit. I wonder if Ben has returned to the Hollywood apartment and how many other women have experienced the same things. If history has taught us anything, I'm almost certain that Ashley was not the only one. We can't possibly know what brings about paranormal activity, how some people can experience it, some people can't, because we literally don't even know what it is. Like, we we have theories about what it is, but we don't actually know what it is. Uh, I always compare it to electricity and radio waves. Electricity and radio waves are natural occurring phenomena in our world that existed before we existed. And we existed just as human beings for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, and we just found it like a hundred something years ago. So to be like, there's no way that this exists is, is just like, it's kind of bad science. (laughs) Like the ancient Egyptians kind of knew about it because they, they knew about static electricity. I think they like rubbed fur on ember or something like that. And it sparked and they were like, what? But like, that was it. I really do think that paranormal activity is a naturally occurring thing and it's nothing to be afraid of really. It's just something that like naturally happens. It naturally occurs in our world. We just don't understand it yet. And maybe there are people, you know, just like some people have better sight, better hearing, better sense of smell. There are people that have a better sense of whatever that sense is that we don't know that allows them to experience things where other people can't. For more creepy weirdness, listen to Ashley's podcast, Keep It Weird. Links are in the show notes. Thank you for joining me today. If you like what you heard and would like to support this independently run show, consider becoming a member of my Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash stories with Sapphire to see the different tiers and perks like live watch parties or private tarot readings. And don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash Sapphire Sindalo, where I post an animated spooky story every other week. If you'd like to submit a story, send it to storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sindalo. Music written by Sapphire Sindalo. Special thanks to Ashley. For more information on this episode and my guest, visit storieswithsapphire.com. <laughs>